0: <clears> Thank <throat> you.
1: Thank you very much. You're listening to WETF, the jazz station, South Bend, Indiana. My name is John Clark, and this is The Jazz Focus. Today we're going to be listening to the music of the great New Orleans trumpet player, cornet player, King Joe Oliver. Now, Joe Oliver's life uh, is fairly well documented uh, following the time that he went to Chicago about 1918 or so. Uh, before that, we have some sketchy details of uh, where he came from. He was born in a place called Donaldsonville, Louisiana, just outside of New Orleans, probably in about 1881, although that date is open to some conjecture. He um, put that date on his draft card from uh, World War One. so we have to assume that it's right if he said that, and uh, other dates proposed for his birth. Uh, would have made him younger, and that's usually what uh, musicians were trying to do at that point. So probably 1881 is a good uh, idea of when he was born. He uh, was not a prodigy. He did not start playing very young or did not come to... Uh, prominence as a player very young. He was originally a trombone player, switched over to trumpet or cornet, actually, uh, probably in his 20s or early 20s. He uh, was not playing with groups in New Orleans that we know of until the early 1900s. His first well-known group was, uh, led by the trombone player, Kid Ori. And uh, Oliver employed Ori in several of his bands later on in Chicago, Uh, but Ori was the leader in New Orleans. And Oliver started... uh, garnering a reputation as a very effective cornet player in the New Orleans style at the time. There are all sorts of fables and legends about how he defeated Freddie Keppard to be the cornet king of uh, New Orleans and Uh, Keppard had defeated uh, Buddy Bolden before him, and so on and so forth, to create this lineage. Whether any of it was really true or not is open to conjecture, but uh, the facts remain that Oliver was probably the most popular and busiest cornet player in New Orleans from about 1910 until he left for Chicago, probably a little bit after the closing of Storyville, which was a place he probably didn't work very much himself. But by 1918 or so, 17, 18, he was in Chicago, he started playing with a band led by a New Orleans clarinet player named Lawrence Dewey, and... Uh He was so popular playing that type of music, especially with the uh, Southern Black Transplants to Chicago, that he started uh, doubling in uh, another band as well. And it wasn't long before he founded his own group, which he called the Creole Jazz Band. And they were playing at the Royal Gardens by about 1920, uh, which later became the Lincoln Gardens. And for an extended period, he took the band on a tour to California. And there are some interesting pictures of uh, the band on stage playing a vaudeville date in San Francisco around that time. By 1921 or so, of course, he was back in Chicago leading uh, his band, which included Johnny Dodds and Baby Dodds and Johnny St. Cyr and Lillian Hardin, the piano player. Uh, he decided he wanted a little more heft for his band, probably not because he couldn't play anymore, but because the ballrooms uh, that they were playing in were getting larger and larger and needed a little bit more uh, sound to his group. So he added a trumpet player, another trumpet player or a cornet player at the time. And that was Louis Armstrong, who had been a protege of Oliver's in New Orleans. He brought Armstrong up in about 1921, and uh, this was the group that made the initial uh, series of recordings under the title King Oliver and his Creole Jazz Band. And this is the first large uh, body of recordings by a black jazz group from the period, and certainly the first from a New Orleans group. And uh, after a year or two, uh, the band started uh, disintegrating for many reasons, but uh, Oliver decided to enlarge the group and he added a couple of saxophone players and started playing more arrangements to go along with the tide of popular music at the time. They played stock arrangements, they played dance music, and so forth. Uh, by the late 1920s, Oliver was in New York, probably about 19 late 27, early 28. Uh, he brought a band east. Uh, he thought he had an engagement lined up at the Savoy Ballroom, which fell apart, and he found that his type of music uh, was considered kind of old-fashioned by 1928 standards in New York. Uh, African American and white audiences were listening to black bands in Harlem, uh, like uh, Fletcher Henderson's band and Charlie Johnson and Duke Ellington and so forth, and they played a more uh, up-to-date style that was anticipating the swing era. Oliver's band was more rooted in the older New Orleans style, so he didn't get the jobs that he probably uh, anticipated and uh, had some financial hard times as well. He was put to work in the recording studios by his New Orleans friend Clarence Williams on piano. We did a podcast on that group or or the Clarence Williams recordings featuring King Oliver a while back. Take a listen to the Jazz Focus podcast on Anchor.fm and Spotify and Apple Music if you'd like to hear that. Uh, And he, Oliver, made a series of recordings with his own band beginning in about 1929 and going into 1930. These were done for RCA Victor and uh, consisted of musicians who probably were not full-time employees of Oliver, because he didn't have enough work to keep a band busy. He took groups out on on short tours and uh, New York engagements, and he used, uh, I guess what you'd have to call the B-level of Harlem musicians at the time, uh, although some of them became quite prominent later on. We started out the show with uh, two tunes by King Oliver. The first one was called The New Orleans Stomp, or excuse me, New Orleans Shout, and that was uh, written in uh, conjunction with his nephew. We think it's his nephew anyway, who was also the second trumpet player on the date, a man named Dave Nelson. Then we went to I Want You Just Myself, a King Oliver tune. These featured... As I said, King Oliver probably playing the trumpet solos, although it's a little hard to distinguish sometimes. Usually on these recordings, the muted solos are by Oliver, but we may see one or two where we have a trumpet player who is probably imitating Oliver because uh, the leader's uh, chops were just not up to playing that day. He was having severe dental problems at this stage of his career, which ended his playing career a few years later. Uh, Dave Nelson plays some other solos, which we'll talk about. Uh, Jimmy Archie is the trombone player on many of these recordings. He became better known in the Dixieland revival of the 1950s and 60s, playing with some New Orleans bands and also some New York bands as well, playing Dixieland. But in the 1920s and 30s, he was known as a lead trombone player in numerous big bands. He played with uh, Benny Carter's band, he played with Louis Russell's band, and quite a few others. In the read section, I should say, there was a floating cast of characters. On these two recordings, we're going to hear the great Hilton Jefferson, who was a lead alto player for so many bands in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Here, he was uh, not terribly well-known. He plays the alto solo on New Orleans Shout and the clarinet solo on I Want You Just Myself. Uh, The alto solo on that second tune is by a fellow named Glenn Pack, who uh, was... uh, prominent in, in, in several bands in the 20s, but who moved to Europe in the 1930s and actually recorded quite frequently over there. On tenor, we have a fellow named Charles Fraser, who was well-featured at the beginning of I Want You Just Myself, playing a very high-register solo that uh, you might have mistaken for an alto sax, but indeed it was tenor. On New Orleans Shout, uh, we heard on piano Don Fry, who plays on some of these sessions, a very good stride pianist, but he was eclipsed on I Want You Just Myself by the dean of the Harlem Stride Pianist, James P. Johnson, who was uh, involved on that date. Uh, Also on New Orleans Shout, we heard a guitar solo, uh, which was unusual. There were not many guitar or banjo solos on these sides. Don't know who it was, although it might have been the white studio player Roy Smeck, who played Hawaiian guitar on another tune from that session. We also heard well, as I said, James P. Johnson on the next side. So other people in this band were uh, Arthur Taylor on banjo, and we do know who the banjo player was, either Edmund Jones or Freddie Moore on drums, and Clinton Walker on tuba. and He had a marvelous tuba sound, and he was very well recorded on these RCA Victor sessions, and uh, his sound really gave the character to a lot of these recordings. So we're going to move on now to two tunes that were from the earlier uh, or the first recording sessions for Victor that Olive, Oliver did. I should mention those first two were from uh, December and November of 1929. These next two go to February of 1929. They feature many of the musicians who were involved with the Louis Russell Band at the time. And Louis Russell himself is on piano, along with J.C. Higginbottom on trombone. Charlie Holmes plays alto and soprano, a little bit of clarinet. Teddy Hill on tenor sax. We're going to hear some trumpet solos by Louis Metcalf, uh, who was with Ellington and Louis Russell around that time, although I think the the muted solos are indeed by King Oliver, even though uh, discography say he didn't play on this session. Paul Barberin is on drums, Bass Moore on tuba, Will Johnson on banjo and guitar. Then one tune, I should tell you the names of those tunes, The Trumpet's Prayer, which was by King Oliver, and The Freakish Light Blues by Louis Russell and Paul Barberin. Then we're going to run to Chicago, as Oliver must have taken a quick trip uh, over there at the beginning of, uh, or at the end of February of 1929. He used some of the members of the Earl Hines Band to record My Good Man Sam. Uh, We think the trumpet player might be Punch Miller on this, and we heard a Punch Miller uh, podcast uh, on my Jazz Focus podcast. Take a listen on Spotify or Apple Music or our home, Anchor.fm, for that one. We also will hear Omer Simeon on clarinet and alto sax, William Franklin on trombone, Possibly Cecil Irwin and Lester Boone on saxophones. They were with the Heinz Band at the time. Alex Hill is on piano. And Paul Barber on drums. Don't know the banjo or the tuba at that point. We're going to finish up with two tunes from... um a session that Oliver made when he returned to New York in October of 1929, featuring more or less the same band, King Oliver, David Nelson, Jimmy Archie in the brass section. Bobby Holmes probably plays clarinet and alto sax on this session, with Glenn Pack uh, playing second alto, don't know the tenor player. Don Fry again on piano, Uh, Arthur Taylor on banjo, Clinton Walker on tuba, and Edmund Jones on drums. And from that session, in October of 1929, we're going to hear... What You Want Me To Do, and Too Late. So those are our tunes for this first or first long set, I should say. The Trumpet's Prayer, The Freakish Light Blues, My Good Man Sam, What You Want Me To Do, and Too Late. and his orchestra from 1929. We started out with the Trumpet's Prayer and the Freakish Light Blues from February 1st of 1929. And uh, those featured some members of the uh, Louis Russell Band. Charlie Holmes on soprano sax, uh, Teddy Hill on tenor sax. We heard them both soloing. We heard uh, J.C. Higginbottom play trombone solos on both sides. And King Oliver probably, I think, played uh, the muted solo on Trumpet's Prayer. He may have played on Freakish Light uh, blues as well. We heard some Louis Metcalf playing open trumpet, and there were a couple of places where I think it would be difficult to get the mute out and back in in time to, for one player to have played both sections. Then we also heard um, uh, some marvelous Clinton Walker on tr- uh, tuba. Actually, in that case, it was Bass Moore on tuba playing a lovely solo on the Freakish Light Blues, but Clinton Walker was the tuba player on most of the other sides, and we heard him in one of the next tunes as well. Then we went out to Chicago for that one session uh, that produced a couple of tunes, including the one we heard, My Good Man Sam, from late February of 1929. And we heard probably Punch Miller on trumpet. Some people have said it's George Mitchell, but uh, he didn't sound uh, that way. This was a more swingy, Armstrong-inspired type of soloist, and I believe it was Punch Miller. We also heard Alex Hill on piano, Omer Simeon playing alto at the beginning, and then a little clarinet break at the end. Very distinctive sound on both, and that was definitely Omer Simeon and William Franklin on trombone. Then we heard uh, two tunes from uh, October of 1929 back in New York. We heard What You Want Me To Do, which was a King Oliver tune, and uh, that was uh, a nice feature for his playing, his very tender, muted cornet playing, and uh, there was a particularly lovely moment where he was duetting with Clinton Walker on tuba in there. And then we ended up with a rouser called Too Late, which was another Oliver and Nelson tune, uh, David Nelson. And we heard, I think, Dave Nelson playing trumpet, the open trumpet solo at the end of that song as well. And we got to hear some nice uh, Don Fry on piano. He was an underrated pianist from that period. whose career went uh, into the 1940s and 50s. I think he played for a while with... Uh, the DeParis uh, brothers, Wilbur De Paris's new New Orleans jazz band. We have a podcast of him as well, and I think there's some Don Fry solos on there. And then we also heard some Jimmy Archie on that playing trombone, and an unknown tenor sax player, although a very effective one in that style. We're going to uh, move ahead a little bit into 1930, March of 1930, more or less the same band, the Reed section. Uh, has Bobby Holmes on clarinet and soprano sax, probably alto, Hilton Jefferson and Glenn Pack, uh, probably a tenor player in there as well, although it's possible that one of those three musicians switched to tenor for this uh, recording session. (laughs) Hank Duncan is going to play piano. He was another very underrated stride pianist who toured uh, playing band piano with Fats Waller's big band later in the 30s, and they would do cutting contests on stage, Hank Duncan and Fats Waller. So to stand up to Fats Waller, you had to be a pretty good player, as Hank Duncan was. Art Taylor is on banjo, Clint Walker on tuba, and Freddie Moore on drums. And Carol Dickerson is being uh, cited on these recordings as the music director, so this might have been partly his band as well. He does not play violin on this, though. And we're going to hear, beginning with, The Rhythm Club Stop, which was subtitled The Kerwiship Glide. I don't know what that refers to, but uh, a good hot tune nonetheless. Then we're going to hear another Oliver and Nelson tune, as was the previous and the following will be. We're going to hear Boogie Woogie, uh, followed by Struggle Buggy. Actually, Struggle Buggy was composed by the tuba player, Clinton Walker. And uh, that's a a nice sort of medium-tempo tune as well. Then we're going to hear a slower tune, not quite a ballad, but a, a, a slow atmospheric tune by Oliver and Nelson called Olga. And we're going to end up that set with uh, my favorite tune from this repertoire, the Mule Face Blues. And um, those last... uh, Couple, or actually uh, Muleface Blues at any rate, probably features Red Allen on trumpet. Red Allen, of course, was a New Orleans player who was playing with Louis Russell at the time, and uh, he was brought in on a couple of these dates, and he definitely solos on that, and we'll hear him again uh, at the end of the program as well. We're going to hear Walter Wheeler on tenor sax, probably Don Fry on some of those later... uh, piano uh, solos as well. So these are all from March and April and into May of 1930. So those are our tunes. The Rhythm Club Stomp, a.k.a. the Curwiship Glide, Boogie Woogie, Struggle Buggy, Olga, and the Mule Face Blues, all by King Oliver and his orchestra. <laughs> recordings by King Oliver and his orchestra from 1930. We started out with the Rhythm Club Stop aka the Curwishup Glide from uh, March of 1930. We heard probably Hilton Jefferson on clarinet and Glenn Pack on alto sax on that one. I think Dave Nelson also played the trumpet solo um, and a very effective piano solo by Hank Duncan as well. Followed that up with Boogie Woogie, uh, which uh, came from the next month, April of 1930. Again, with a very floating personnel in here. Uh, Oliver didn't have a regular band, so he was picking up people who were available. We had Red Allen playing a trumpet solo on that, along with Don Fry on piano, Walter Wheeler on tenor sax, and not exactly sure who the clarinet player on that one was. Possibly Glenn Pack on that one. Then we had Struggle Buggy, which was attuned by the tuba player, Clinton Walker. And um, that was a, a good feature for him towards the end. As I said, he had a really magnificent tuba sound in the rhythm section and as a soloist as well. Right at the point where tubas were being uh, phased out of jazz bands. But one last little uh, shining example with Clinton Walker here on Struggle Buggy. Then we heard from that same session, Olga. That was, uh, as I said, from May of 1930. And on Olga, we heard uh, Dave Nelson, I believe, play the open trumpet solo, and Oliver played the muted trumpet solo. Uh, Glenn Pack played alto sax, and I think it was Bobby Holmes on that one played um, uh, clarinet. We finished up with the Mule Face Blues, which came from the same session as Boogie Woogie and featured Red Allen on trumpet. Actually, King Oliver started uh, the first trumpet solo, trading with Walter Wheeler on tenor sax, and Red Allen took a full chorus solo. Jimmy Archie uh, played trombone on that one, was featured in some of the other tunes as well, and we heard some Hilton Jefferson on alto sax. So that's King Oliver and his orchestra. We're going to have two more tunes from uh, these dates. We're going to hear uh, Stingery Blues in Shake It and Break It, both of which come from uh, September of 1930, really in the uh, kind of... twilight of Oliver's recording career. He made some recordings in 1931 uh, with a very fine band of Harlem musicians led by Bingie Madison and also Ward Pinkett, Uh, but he didn't play too much on those, and what he did was not too impressive. And as I said, he went on tour in the early 30s. He ended up being stranded in Savannah, Georgia, uh, where his Chops finally gave out on him. His teeth didn't uh, respond and he couldn't play anymore, so he ended up uh, doing menial labor uh, in a pool room. He was a janitor. He was also a fruit stand seller. Uh, and some of the musicians traveling through Savannah, including Laurie Armstrong, tried to help him out a little bit, but he stayed there until he died in 1938. It's kind of a sad ending for a great jazz player. So for those two tunes I mentioned, Shake It and Break It and Stingery Blues, actually the other way around, Stingery and Shake It and Break It, we're going to hear Red Allen on trumpet. We're going to hear uh, King Oliver doing some of his muted work in there as well. Um, And then we're going to hear Jimmy Archie on trombone. Well, at least we think it's Jimmy Archie on trombone. Uh, Hilton Jefferson and Glenn Pack again. Charles Frazier on tenor sax. Hank Duncan on piano. Arthur Walker on banjo. Lawson Buford plays tuba on this session. And Freddie Moore on drums. And some of these tunes, including Shake It and Break It and uh, Boogie Woogie and Mule Face from the previous set were... Popular enough recordings that stock arrangements were made of these King Oliver arrangements, and they came out a little bit later. Jack Kalman wrote uh, the arrangement of Muleface Blues, which was based on this recording. The recording predated the arrangement by at least a year. So if you've enjoyed this King Oliver tribute, we uh, have been listening to his band that recorded for RCA Victor from 1929 and 1930, and you've been listening to The Jazz Focus here on WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana. My name is John Clark. Hope you tune in again and uh, make a little time in your week for some very good jazz. So we're going to end up with King Oliver playing the Stingery Blues and Shake It and Break It.